Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you guys had an absolutely amazing weekend. You enjoyed it with family. You guys had a great time. And I hope you guys have had a chance to check out the website at healthmasters.com. The Cyber Monday deal is on the website right now. Active coupon code Cyber10. That is 10% off regular priced items only. All sales specials, three packs are not included with that coupon. But any regular priced products that you wanted to try out or check up on, those are available on the website right now with the C-Y-B-E-R and the number 10. C-Y-B-E-R 10. Cyber 10. That will be for today only. So be sure if you want to check that out, check it out the website at healthmasters.com. And we thank you again for your continued support. And one of the first articles that I've seen is I've had a lot of people send me some different uh, comments on it and different emails on it. And it's very interesting because China now apparently people have become completely and totally done with the no COVID or zero COVID policy now. And what's interesting about it is – and this is a horrific incident, and this is what really got everybody riled up. There was a fire in a apartment complex in China, and because of the lockdown requirements and how they literally – and this wasn't a joke. They were literally locking residents in their apartments and telling them they were not permitted to leave unless they had some type of specific reason why. Uh, Because of that, people were locked in the apartment, and a bunch of people could not get out. And according to the reports from the citizens, they're saying at least 40 people died in this apartment fire because they could not get out of their apartments because they were locked in. Um, That's horrific. I mean, I can't even describe how horrific that is. I mean, there's a reason why you have fire codes, at least here in the United States. There's a reason why you have multiple exits for fires in buildings for that specific reason. Because if there is a fire and you're in an apartment complex or a tall building, you've got to be able to get out of there as fast as you can. And uh, obviously the communist Chinese government has never cared about its citizens, clearly. It's never cared about COVID, clearly. This has all been one giant test to see how far, in my opinion, they could push human beings to the point of breaking and how far they would continue to blindless just comply. And I mean there's been videos even over the last couple of weeks before the protest. I mean where everywhere they go to do anything at all, they have to have vaccine passports. They have to get tested. They have to get swabbed every single day having to get swabbed if they want to walk outside. This wasn't about safety and health. When I saw the videos from China coming out over a year and a half ago and they were swabbing the inside of fish's mouth and they were swabbing crabs, they're doing this to test the aquatic life if it had COVID and then they were forcing all this food to be discarded because one test popped up with COVID which makes no sense because viruses can't live underwater on fish. It doesn't work like that especially RNA, RNA, especially COVID-19. And when I saw that level of stupidity and they were saying that it was all for people's safety, I realized that they were reaching as far as they possibly could and what's happened is now they have, they're having serious protests and riots all across China. Now, what's interesting about this, I was reading a couple, a couple different articles. And they said protests in China are not rare. They said what is extremely rare are multiple protests over the same issue at the same time across the entire country. 
And that's exactly what you're seeing right now. It's all one unified group across the entire country now that has had enough. Now, I know the stuff that happened in the past was basically the Tynema Square, and um, that was a horrible issue. And, you know, it always is interesting to me how we constantly here in the United States pick and choose what we want to get upset over. You've noticed that now, especially in the mainstream media. Pretty much the mainstream media rules and dictates how the vast majority of people think. And you'll see atrocities in some countries like Yemen, and you'll see atrocities in some countries like China, and you will hear zero coverage on the mainstream media, period. But then you'll hear about somebody did something over in Ukraine to a person in the middle of the street, and all of a sudden, oh, Ukraine has to be funded to fight back because – Russia's doing this and they're doing this. And they tell you the story that they want you to hear and they want you to be outraged over. It's controlled theater. It's been done for decades now. And that's why you're continually seeing this push and slowed down now, but this continual money laundering and gun running scheme in Ukraine. Ukraine is turned into the giant laundering scheme of the world. In my personal opinion, and I've talked to other people about this, I personally think Ukraine is being used as a massive conduit or funnel, so to speak, for one of the largest gun-running schemes we've ever seen in recorded history. We know that ATF has been directly involved in weapons trafficking to drug cartels. We know that FBI and CIA were directly involved in other types of weapon trafficking. We saw directly with the CIA involved in the Ron Contra, where they were directly funding and arming the Mexican drug cartel and the Medellin drug cartel down in Colombia. These instances go on and on and on and on, and a lot of them are heavily documented. It is not under any scope of the imagination rare for U.S. governments or factions of the U.S. government to run weapons to countries that they want to have an enormous amount of firepower. There is no possible way that we're giving tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine in weapon platforms, tens of thousands of surfaced air missiles, literally hundreds of millions of rounds of ammunition, hundreds of thousands of light and heavy machine guns. And they're blatantly saying that they can only account for about 10% of the weapons. There's no roster. There's nothing. Weapons are being dropped off just like they did in the Iran-Contra. And all of a sudden, oh, uh, yeah, well, make sure you guys do what's good with these guns. Be safe with them. Here's, you know, another 5,000 belt-fed machine guns. You guys be good. Win your war. And, you know, whoever drops them off, whatever – deep state individuals, they disappear and all of a sudden they come back. Oh, how are those guns running? Oh, yeah, well, we've got about, you know, three or four hundred of them that uh, we, we work pretty good. Well, what happened to the other 4,500? Well, you know, see, funny how that works is, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get around to them. That's all that's happened over there. And so when I hear the constant media propaganda right now, how they constantly keep telling everybody, anybody that actually even wants to buy a semi-automatic firearm, it's sick. I find it extremely insulting, and this is why I find it so insulting. I will never be able to have a true debate, or will I ever care to hear somebody's personal opinion on firearms and banning firearms while those people still continue to live behind a marble wall guarded by armed guards. If anybody's ever noticed, the only people, in most cases, the only people that ever demand and that ever expect and that ever tell everyone else they need to be disarmed are people that are continually 
covered by security that are carrying firearms. That's the irony that I constantly see on a regular basis. I've had conversations with people, and well, what do you think about semi-automatic firearms? I said, I think every law-abiding citizen should be able to own any semi-automatic firearm they choose. In fact, I think they should be able to own any automatic firearm they choose. Law-abiding citizens are categorized as that for a reason, law-abiding citizens. If somebody has a history of violent crime with a firearm, by no means they need to be able to continually allow to have a firearm because they've clearly shown they cannot be trusted in society and they want to go rob people and carjack people and go do home invasions with firearms. They have no purpose in owning a firearm. I said, but the whole point of the Bill of Rights was that they are rights unless you lose those rights because you have done horrific harm to somebody else. So coming out and saying, well, 150 million Americans that are law-abiding citizens that have a right to own these firearms now should not have a right to own these firearms because lunatics with guns are criminals, hence the term criminals, and they don't abide by the laws. That is the concept that eludes people that are constantly covered by firearms. They live in a bubble. They live in a security bubble. They do not fully comprehend the level of violence and depravity that is out in society. So it's easy to say, well, no, these people, nobody should be able to own these firearms, these semi-automatic firearms. They, they should not be allowed. Well, why shouldn't they be allowed? Because they kill people and people do bad stuff with them. Right. Criminals do bad stuff with them. Here's why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we make the penalty as bad as we can make it for somebody that kills somebody with a firearm and first degree murder? Let's make sure they get a death penalty or life in prison. Oh, wait, we've already done that. That's a massive deterrent to go do something bad unless you're a depraved individual and you don't care and you're going to do bad things anyways. At that point in time, the general population that lives in the real world has to have the ability to defend themselves against depraved individuals. That is a concept that eludes people that do not live in a full true reality as far as of what happens in the real world. You've seen now this shooting that happened over Colorado last week. I didn't talk about it much at that gay bar. And what's ironic about it is it happened with impeccable timing right when everything was starting to come out very aggressively about the grooming of young children in the school systems and with a lot of the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community, and a lot of people were getting very, very frustrated about what they've been seeing happening in the schools. And there's been a lot, a lot of talk about banning this stuff and blocking it because it should not be allowed, period. And it's absolutely right. Isn't it ironic now? Then suddenly you have a guy that is identifying as non-binary, ironically enough, but that he was also involved – Nobody has talked about this hardly. The shooter that was in Colorado Springs is Anderson Aldrich. He was involved with actually making and threatening his family with a homemade bomb, forcing the entire neighborhood to evacuate while police talked to him and surrendering. Despite all of that, the district attorney of Colorado, Michael Allen, not only refused to press charges, they did not impose Colorado's red flag gun laws on him, nor did they put any type of restrictions on him, which would have prevented him from buying a firearm, allegedly. This is in the Democratic-run state of Colorado. So ironically, this guy does this, and then suddenly no charges are filed. Everything's dropped. Well, to me, that sounds like he had somebody handling him and somebody talked to him and said, oh, by the way, we got a good little patsy right here that we can get involved to do something. It's always very interesting. You find almost every single one of these guys that are involved in these shootings, 
They have not been law-abiding citizens. They do not carry concealed carry licenses. They do not have direct involvement with the community as far as being good citizens. They always had this really, really strange, shady backstory that nobody can figure out. And almost invariably, there's always some type of contact with them with FBI or law enforcement years prior, and then suddenly nobody hears about them until they pop up and do something. You do the research on all these mass shooters that you do any research on, You'll find that to be a very consistent fact along all of them. This is the issue that I have when I see stuff like this, and then they have continually tried to use this shooting in Colorado now to say the entire LGBTQ community and the hate rhetoric that's coming along these anti-trans lines needs to be stopped. They said this on NBC. They said this type of thing, whether it's a motive or not, it's, it's just this LGBT people are so scared right now. So now the entire community and a lot of individuals in that community that are trying to groom young children now are the victims because you had somebody that was allegedly non-binary that made death threats and bomb threats years before and was not prosecuted, disappeared off the map, and suddenly goes in and shoots a gay bar. As stories always have these weird incongruencies to them, and yet suddenly now the entire rest of the United States needs to be part of some automatic weapons because of this lunatic. This is, again, the hypocrisy that knows no bounds. That's why I want to address this morning because I've heard a lot of this back and forth. If you're hearing this constant citizen against citizen, this diametrically opposed belief system between back and forth. And guys, listen, it's not us versus other people. It's us versus individuals that are trying to dominate and control us. Everybody in a constitutional republic has a right to live freely unmolested on their way. Unless you try to take rights from anybody or you try to hurt somebody, it is your right to live freely on your way. That does not give another person a right to come in and start saying, well, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this because that's what I think you have to do. It doesn't work like that. You can't start opposing your values and belief systems on somebody and tell them they have to believe what you have to believe. Just like somebody I've told you before. Somebody wants to go be involved and do stuff in their own home with other consenting adults and tranny stuff. I really don't care. That is not my problem whatsoever. It's not my opinion to go in and tell them what they can and can't do in their privacy of their own home. Never has been, never will be. However, you do not have a right now to come out in public and start saying this is the new normal. This is what you have to accept. This is what you have to believe, and this is what your children have to be exposed to because if you don't, you're transphobic, racist, bigot, and you're not allowed to be involved in anything in society. And you need to be disarmed. That doesn't work. That does not work in the constitutional republic, and it never has. That is the exact same way tyranny always ensues in every country. So I want to kind of clarify those things with some of the emails that I've had and stuff that's going on right now. But what you're seeing in China, what you're seeing in a lot of parts of the country across the world, people are starting to have enough with the hypocrisy. And it's time, again, that a lot of people become more vocal about what they believe and whether or not people are going to hold the same values. That's irrelevant. But it's time that everybody has a right to speak freely. What do you think, then? You know, often... Uh... I don't know why this topic has to be so controversial and why it has to come up all the time. And, you know, but I agree with you bringing it up again because it's really, really important that people address this stuff. And, you know, it was so funny uh, this past weekend, you know, we were talking to some friends and, and what was funny, funny about this, you know, we, we basically said this, you know, everybody's going to have different opinions about different things. And remember, I quoted this by F. Scott Fitzgerald a few weeks ago. The truest sign of intelligence is the ability to entertain two contradictory ideas simultaneously. I'll repeat that. 
The truest sign of intelligence is the ability to entertain two contradictory ideas simultaneously by Fitzgerald. And what's interesting about this is I'm libertarian. You guys know that. I told you that. I, I, don't, I don't really care what people do as long as they leave me alone, leave my family alone. Don't try to groom my children. Don't try to rape little kids. I mean, don't try to do weird stuff. I mean, Jesus was clear about this in the New Testament. He said it'd be better for these guys that are messing with these children to tie a millstone around their neck and be thrown into the deepest part of the sea. You know, a lot of homosexuals get pulled into the gay lifestyle when they were children because they're raped by a relative or some stranger or whatever. And I feel sorry for those guys. I really do. Uh, a lot of them are pulled into the lifestyle because they were unknowing that their mother was, you know, using estrogen compounds and they, they were messed up in, in utero. And I feel sorry for these guys. But still, it's a choice. It's ultimately a choice of what you want to do and how you want to act and how you want to live. It really is. And so it's a problem that a lot of people are dealing with right now because of the hormones and the food, et cetera. And so I'm kind of libertarian, Austin. I'm like you are. If a person wants to be a transgender, they want to do what they want to do or they want to do stuff in the privacy of their own home, that's between them. That's between them and God. That's between them and whoever they're with. It's, it's their problem. It's, it's their thing. It's their choice. You know, it's, it's like if you get into a marriage and you're in a heterosexual marriage. And you wrong, you marry the wrong person, right? And all you're doing is fighting all the time. That becomes your problem, your choice, your deal, and it's your business. It really is. And nobody else, unless you go to a marriage counselor and you start talking to them about this, you know, really wants to get involved in this, honestly. Or if they're good friends, they don't want to keep hearing about it constantly. But the reality, all of this stuff is just kind of strange to me that people have to make these giant inroads. Now, into, into what they believe and trying to force it on the general population. When you have transgender story hours and you have a man dressed as a woman in a public library with little four and five and six-year-old children coming to it, and they say it's a G-rated family event and he's not wearing underwear and he spreads his legs and shows his male genitalia to these little children, it's confusing to them and, and, and because these little kids are in a theta brainwave state. They, they don't have an off switch. They don't have a filtration system. And quite frankly, you know, Disney just got busted again with another movie they released. And this is Daily Mail. So it's, it's, this is a very controversial issue. That's why we talk about on this show. This galvanizes people to the left or to the right of this because people have opinions of this, and the opinions are very, very strong. So, you know, this show doesn't dodge this stuff. We talk about it. A lot of people won't talk about any of this stuff. They won't talk about anything that's controversial because they're trying to build a big audience. This is why we've gotten such a problem with the churches in the United States. Uh, so many churches now, the quote, woke churches, they won't address issues the Bible specifically talks about, and they don't want to tell people that the Bible is the inherent word of God. They don't want to tell people that the Bible is accurate today and forever. They don't want to tell anybody that God is omnipresent, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, as is the word of God. They don't want to tell anybody any of this stuff. They want to believe that they can just take things and pick and choose what they want to take. You know, I remember when, you know, Joel Olstein was on with Larry King years ago. And he basically said there's more, more than one way to get to the Father. Well, you and I have talked about this so many times, guys. You are my friends. You're my family. I prayed for you guys this morning. You know, here's the thing. When you have an energy field, which is the universe, which is an energy field of consciousness, which is God Almighty permeating everything, through Christ, everything is held together. And he has a specific frequency that is God Almighty, which is holy, which is pure. And you put something into the energy field, which is not pure. It cannot be connected into the field. It just doesn't work. It's like putting a six-volt battery with a 12-volt battery. It won't connect. And so there's certain things that God says to you in the Bible that are not going to allow you to connect to him. And, and so we have to understand that, and, we, and we've got to be able to preach that from the pulpit and let people know there's other things that people can do, you know, as far as 
you know, trying to correct lifestyle choices. They can get counseling. They get all kinds of other things. They get hormonal therapy. All kinds of things can happen. But in the, in the final result, though, is that person's individual choice, and they have that right to make that choice. And, again, I'm, I'm libertarian in this. If they want to make that choice, that's their call. I'm not going to sit here and jump up and down and get mad about it because it's not my call. It's their call. But when they do something like Disney just did, and of course the chief CPO has been terminated now, and now we got you know Iger back. But here, I'm going to read you directly what it says from the from the Daily Mail. So you guys can can fuss at me, you can do whatever you want to do, but this is what they say: Stop making everything sexual. Americans slammed Disney for trying to teach kids about sexual preferences in its first cartoon with a gay main character as a hundred eighty million dollar cost movie starring Jake. Gigginhall bombs at the box office. Disney looks to have set another box office flop on his hands as the animated adventure Strange World is a box office dud. Cartoon's voice includes Jake Gigginhall, Dennis Quaid, and also features Daily Show contributor White as the voice of what's been heralded as Disney's first openly gay character. Strange World looks to set not even not even clear twenty million at the Thanksgiving box ten weekend. <laughs> with a 130 to 180 million dollar budget, it may even finish below the studio's 2002 flop, Treasure Planet, which grossed about 16 million. Here's the article: Disney has another flop on its hands as the animated adventure Strange World proves a dud at the box office. Moviegoers criticize it for, as they see, forcing progressive ideology in a child's movie. The cartoon starring as voice of these people, Strange World, looks not even as clear 20 million. I mean, I didn't finish below the 2002. The film also appears to have tanked with audiences despite mildly positive critical reactions. It's almost hard to read this stuff, guys. While the movie has a 73% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, why is that? Because a lot of these critics are Kabbalists. Just thought I'd mention that. It's only a 60% with audiences. The film has a B rating on cinema score from opening day audiences, according to The Wrap. If that grade holds, the film will be the first Disney animated film to get below an A-. Many have used the box office numbers to cite this as an example of Disney's attempt to go woke and get broke. A Rotten Tomatoes viewer wrote, I want to teach my children about sex or at least sexual preferences. No, excuse me. Excuse me I'm going to repeat this. If I, I want to teach my children about sex or about sexual preferences at seven or eight, I would do it in my home. I don't need a Disney movie to help me out with it. Stop making everything sexual. This is unbelievable. One Twitter, Twitter pointed out. First light year, now Strange World, Disney, and Pixar releasing woke flops one after the other. How many box office bombs before Disney learns? And, you know, you think about this because, again, who owns Disney? BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. I mean, guys, it's like we could play a record on some of this stuff. And this group of people, these bloodline families, are primarily the highest in about 200,000 of them. This is the synagogue of Satan. These are the Kabbalist Luciferians that are running the show, running the media, running Hollywood, running all of it. And it's from the ancient Canaanite religions. I had a friend over last night, and I was talking to him about the ancient Canaanite religions and the worship of Baal and Moloch and Asherah and what happened to ancient Israel and how they were basically scattered by God because they stopped refusing to sacrifice their children. And it goes on and on and on. And you, and you see the same theme throughout history being repeated over and over and over. That's why last Tuesday's show, two days before Thanksgiving, I went into detail on what these entities eat, how they feed themselves, what their sustenance comes from, uh, you know, what happens with human sacrifice, what happens with child sacrifice. You guys need to listen to that show. I've had so many compliments and comments on that show, and I thank you for all that from last week. This is the only thing that makes any sense, the way that I've laid it out and focused it with you guys. And again, the woke ideology is just – it's an interesting, interesting ideology because so many of the people who feel that way, they're not capable of entertaining two thoughts at the same time, like Fitzgerald said. They, they can't see it on both sides, and that's what we all have to do, isn't it? 
We have to learn to have reasoning skills and basically look at it from both directions and say, wait a minute, some of these guys have really been messed up because of hormones. Some of these guys have been raped. Some of these guys have been trained to be this way by parents. Some of these guys and girls have been just put into a very bad environment for their childhood, and they are trying to cope to the best of their abilities. And so I have compassion on all these people as a Christian because God loves every one of us the same. He does. But there's certain behavioral patterns that he doesn't like, and this group of Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan weirdos is pushing that on the entire population of the planet, and now they're using one of their biggest mouthpieces, Disney, to do so. That's why their stock is down so much. That's why their theme park attendance is down. That's why their movies are crashing. Nobody wants to support this anymore. They, 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 they went too far. They pushed it too far. And they, they went too woke, too fast, too quick, too everything, which I've been completely opposed to the woke ideology in any form whatsoever, ever, slow or fast. It's awful. But the sad part about it is a lot of people aren't seeing it, the ones who are liberals. And the sad part about that is the conservatives have got to back off a little bit and realize that they've got to pray for these people. They've got to love them. They've got to support them. They've got to teach them about the love of Jesus, not condemnation. You know, you can talk to people that, well, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but God still loves you. And understand it that way. It makes it a lot easier for people. It makes it more sense to people when you're trying to bring them into the love of Christ rather than to the wrath of God. So, guys, be careful in how you deal with this because this is going to be going more and more and more. Because remember, the Kabbalist Luciferian Network, they believe that God is an hermaphrodite. That he's a he's a transgender and he lives in a giant tree of the universe. He's a giant snake. They really believe this. It's like somebody was sitting around smoking crack one night. They came up with this crap and they wrote it in that book, the Zohar, and they go into that Kabbalah rhetoric. And there's about two hundred thousand of these guys that believe this stuff. The problem is they control the central banks and the money supply and the media. And because of that, the synagogue of Satan here does whatever it wants to do. And when we understand that as a Christian, we start to realize that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these principalities and these high places. And we've got to reach out and tell people the truth of how we feel of who Christ is, who Jesus is. Jesus is our transformer. He takes us from a six-fold system that we are as far as the sinful nature of human being, to use it as a metaphor, to a 12-volt system with God Almighty. And he allows us to go boldly before God Almighty through the throne of grace because God no longer sees us. He only sees Jesus because Jesus transforms us into what he is in the image of the Most High God. We become the righteousness of God through Christ. That's what Christianity is. It allows us to merge into the energy field that is the universe, which is God Almighty, which is Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, and we are able to become Christians. Uh, the other day, I, I told you guys I spoke at a wedding, and I told my buddy Brad at the wedding, I said, you know, is there anything you don't want me to say? He goes, well, yeah, don't talk about the synagogue of Satan if you pray. <laughs> I said, okay, I won't. And so what I did is I got up in front of the group. They asked me to pray. And I played a, prayed a blessing over Brad, like you guys, you, I mean, him and his wife, all the days of their life. And I looked at everybody in the room, about 150 people there. I looked at everybody in the room. I said, oh, by the way, I am a Christian. I know I'm here to pray for the food, but this is more important. And then I said, now we're going to pray another prayer over Brad. So I pleaded the blood of Christ over him. I put a hedge of thorns around him, and I put station angels around him and his wife all the days of their life and their marriage. And then I prayed for the food. And Brad called me up this morning at 630. I just got out of bed. Love him. He's a good friend. And he told me, he goes, I just want to thank you again for that prayer. Because I've had so many people come up to me. They said, who was that guy? And wow, did he pray. You see, when you're filled with the presence of the Most High God, you know, you want to be around people who are the same, who are filled with the presence of the Most High God. That's why I love you guys. That's why this hour of my day is the highlight of my day, because I know that I'm connected with you guys through 
quantum mechanics and scalar physics and longitudinal scalar waves into a into an energy field that's us, this show, the brotherhood of the Ted Nelson Brower Show, the sisterhood of the Ted Nelson Brower Show, the brotherhood and sisterhood of the Ted Nelson Brower Show. We're all family here. And you guys proved that to me when you sent, you know, two hundred thousand dollars worth of flowers to Sharon for her funeral. I mean, it, it made it, it made all the difference in the world. It, just, it, it made it into a giant celebration, you know, as the a child of the Most High God who had run her race and was going home, was able to be sent forth into glory, and you know, and basically be in another dimension. And she's still alive. You guys know that. I covered I did that all show the other day from an energy field standpoint. She's been moved. I, I did the scriptures on that, and she's still there. She's still alive, and she's just in a different place. She's in heaven right now. So. When you guys and I get together like this and it ties us all together into a quantum field, it makes me feel really good on the inside. It energizes me. And I, and I understand that that's why I pray for you guys every day because when you pray, you release scalar energy. The scalar energy changes the fabric of space-time. That's why I try to keep the show as positive as I can about Christ and, and how Jesus has changed you and how we serve the Most High God. We serve the Great I Am. That, that one song, The Great I Am. You guys need to listen to that. It's on YouTube, just The Great I Am. I think it's Bethel music. It'll 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 rock your socks off. It's so good. Another one is the goodness of God. That's another really good song that you can listen to. And you start to understand who God is and how he only wants the best for everybody here. You know, I'm just glad we're not under control of a bunch of weirdos as far as from a heavenly standpoint. I mean, we got God in control. I mean, these guys who want to believe that the universe is a snake in a tree and it controls the universe. Like I said, why would they possibly come up with some kind of weirdo stuff like that? Well, because they're separated from the most high God and their, their way of doing the dealing with the world has come rob, kill, steal, and destroy. And it's a lie because they don't want to say about, Hey, you know, we pulled a coup d'etat on God or tried to, and we got booted out of heaven. And now we're in this miserable place that we're in that we can't get energy from the field anymore. And we have to deal with human sacrifices and weird stuff that we do. And this really is awful. I can't believe we got ourselves here. They don't want to say that. They want to pretend like they were right. They're still fighting this battle, but the, War has already been won. The war was won on Calvary when Jesus said, it is finished. When he created an eternal covenant for us through his blood, through scalar energy, through the physics of quantum mechanics, that God Almighty who built the universe and allowed us to come boldly before the throne of grace. And that's what they said. If they had if they'd known what they were doing, they never would have crucified the Son of Glory. They never would have done that. But they did. Now they can't undo it. And so it's beautiful what God did for us. He loved you that much, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, he loved you that much, brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's why he wants to do everything for you. So always remember that. Remember what he did for us. And here's another article from the Daily Mail. Gender affirmation is demonstrably dangerous for young people. A woman who has has detransitioned. This is Daily Mail now. This isn't something that I wrote. This is Daily Mail. A woman who has detransitioned calls for a ban on medical information for binders, claiming that doctors are treating teens too early and not dealing with root problems. Kate Cattleson, 30, grew up as a female but identified as a male at the age of 13. She took testosterone, went by Tony, and she made plans for breast removal surgery. Now she's speaking about speaking about the issues with the treatment after she detransitioned. <laughs> you know, you know, by the drug started having a negative effects on her heart. And deep into her cherished singing voice, she decided in 2020 to stop the testosterone injections and began to her detransition back to a being a woman. Now she's spoken out against the doctors and claims that they are treating teenagers too early and not dealing with the root problems behind gender dysphoria and has called for a ban on transgender medical in- interventions for minors. Guys, here's the deal. Libertarian again. Okay, If Bruce Jenner decides he wants to be a girl and he's 60 years old or whatever he is, 65 – Knock your socks off, bud. I don't care. 
don't tell a five or a six or an eight-year-old they need to go on drugs to start transitioning when they're still in the state of brainwave state. Don't do that. Don't be, don't be doing that and telling us that we have to like it and we have to support it. We have to be part of it because we're not. We're not, we're not going to do that. We're never going to do that. And so that's what people need to understand. Always allow people to make their own decisions as adults. That's their right. It is, unless you live in communist China, unless you're part of the World Economic Forum. In fact, the, the World Economic Forum, the mask is off. Klaus Schwab, he declares China a role model. Once upon a time, the Soviets had a tightly controlled network of internationalists known as a common turn to promote their communist model into Europe and beyond. As it stands now, the red Chinese have gotten them one better. They've got Klaus Schwab. <laughs> World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab recently sat down for an interview with a Chinese state media outlet and proclaimed that China was a role model for other nations. Yeah, communist nation. Yeah, with credit scores. You know, and COVID requirement vaccines. Schwab 84 made these comments during an interview with CGTN's Tian Bell on the sidelines of last week's APEC APEC summit in Thailand. Schwab said he respected China's tremendous achievements in modernizing its economy over the last 40 years. Schwab, I think it's a role model for many countries. Schwab said before qualifying that he thinks that each country should make its own decision about what system it wants to adopt, quote unquote. I think we should try to be very careful in imposing systems, but the Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries, Schwab said. Oh my gosh. China is in fact a giant prison, complete with slave labor, sweatshops, low wages, continuous lockdowns, and gulags. I mean, prisons where they actually go into a prison, they never come out. And their organs are harvested and shipped all over the world. That's the model that Klaus Schwab wants to have. What is, where do they find these weirdos is what I want to say. How in the world did anybody ever listen to this guy and how did he get where he is? And Oh, that, that's right. This, this, this Rothschild banking cartel, they had me this Geld gegeben. The Rothschild banking cartel, they gave me the money to do all of this. So, yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm, my name is Klaus Schwab. He's been a Rothschild puppet. This is what I've been. In other words, I'm a puppet for the Rothschild banking cartel and do, do, do most of this and you have to know that all. Oh, come on, guys. It's ridiculous. Because remember, I'm, I'm doing his German because he speaks German, right? He's Swiss. But the reality is, is that how in the world does anybody with the right mind put this guy in a leadership position? Now, I got you guys all laughing again. I can feel it. I love you guys. Awesome. What's your next story, bud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty pretty accurate impersonation of him, and you know it, it has become very much of a joke. That in reality, it's very serious, but it's a joke. It's the fact that you have these individuals like this that act like they're operating by the consent of the governed. I do not care one single bit of who Klaus Schwab is or who he thinks he is or what he thinks he wants everybody to do. People just need not comply with it. This is what I've told so many people. Everybody has to start being uncomfortable or has to start being comfortable with being uncomfortable in situations. We cannot continue to just blindly comply because we're continually told to do so over and over and over again. Look at Canada. You got Trudeau up there that, I mean, is just Klaus Schwab's butt buddy. And, I mean, they're just hanging out all the time, constantly going back and forth. And Trudeau is doing every single thing they're telling him to do. Because, well, that's what he's been trained to do. And now the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario is now doubling down on the COVID injection. In fact, 
they're so strongly advocating it, they're actually advising physicians in a memo now to use psychotropic means on those with vaccine anxiety. I kid you not. Here's the memo that was sent out to Ontario physicians. It said, generally speaking, there are very few acceptable medical exemptions for the COVID-19 vaccine. Then it goes on to give options for as far as severe allergy. Given the rarity of these exceptions and in light of the fact that vaccines have been proven both safe and completely effective, any notes written for patients who qualify for medical exemptions need to clearly specify the reason they cannot be vaccinated against against COVID-19 with clear documenting medical information that supports the exemption and the effective time period for the medical reason. (laughs) So, the only way you can get an exemption in Canada right now is you have to have a doctor sign off on what specific medical problem you have to exempt you from it and the length of time that you're exempt. So, well, you know, he's got severe allergic reaction to it and allergies. So we're giving him a one-year exemption, but he has to come back and comply, has to apply again for another year for an exemption. Now, here's the part, if you go all the way down, here's the part that gets really interesting. This is what it says in the memo. It is also important that physicians work with their patients to manage anxieties related to the vaccine and not uh, not enable avoidance behavior. <clears throat> for example, for extreme fear of needles or other cases of serious concern, responsible use of prescription medications and or referral to psychotherapy may be available options. Overall, physicians have a responsibility to allow their patients to be properly informed about vaccines and not have those anxieties empowered by an exemption. What? They're blatantly saying here, it doesn't matter what you feel, how you feel, if you think they're bad, if you have anxieties, if you have questions, if you don't think they work, if you think they're harmful, does not matter. Uh, you need to go on Xanax. You can go on benzodiazepines. We are sending you to a psychotherapist now to, to help you get rid of these, these anxieties you have about being continually injected with experimental RNA gene therapy shots over the next decade. Oh, okay. That, that, sounds, like, that sounds like freedom to me, right? That sounds like medical freedom to me. That, that's, you know, wow, that's, I really have a choice in this one. Yeah, that's where they've done this now in Canada. This is why they're pushing so hard again for the shot schedule. Not only is it one of the largest, most elaborate transfers of wealth, again, by the U.S. government taking on more debt via the taxpayer's citizens and giving it to the pharmaceutical companies who are making absurd amounts of money now. Now you see exactly where they're taking this. They want to make it compulsory for everybody to get injected with this. And what's interesting about it is now, you know, I saw a photo somebody sent me, and it was documents, image sources from an article that came out of Israel, and it was an eight-year-old kid that they had – they were holding him down. Two people were holding him down, I think his parents, while they had a virtual reality goggles on him as he receives the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine from medical staff at Shabib Tahi Hamashar Hospital in Ramat Gan, Israel. They're literally putting VR goggles on him to distract him while they inject him with the shot because he's fighting to get – Shot. He's fighting not to get the shots. He didn't want to be injected when he's eight years old, scared of needles or whatever else he was scared of. Probably didn't want to get RNA therapy injected into him. And I thought to myself, how low of a parent do you have to become? What type of pathetic individual do you have to be to be so brainwashed you're literally willing to hold down your child so he can be forcibly injected with gene therapy that has zero, zero long-term efficacy or research showing safety or effectiveness at all. 
This whole thing is one giant experiment. There's a reason why, my friends, vaccine testing, even though most of it's still very manipulated and a lot of them are still very toxic, they have to go through anywhere between five to ten years of clinical trials and research for vaccines to even be considered to be approved. Because there has to be years of documented evidence what these shots do. And in most cases, you see a lot of these shots have side effects to them, severe side effects to them, but nothing, nothing like we have ever seen right now with this going on. You know, I saw the numbers that are showing up in uh, Europe now because, you know, the Europe, they have the Eurobase, Eurovigilant base that basically goes in and shows the vaccine adverse reactions. Through November 12th now, current European medical agency published data is showing that 5.1 million severe injuries have been related to the RNA vaccine program and 48,817 deaths directly related to the RNA vaccine program. That's literally in barely a two-year period, guys, since this shot's been out. Two years. 5.1 million severe adverse events. 5.1 million? <laughs> I mean, so you're averaging 2.5 million severe adverse events per year is what you're averaging with this. Meaning every 10 years, you're going to have 25 million people on this record, which, by the way, is usually only a few percentage of actual results. So 25 million people every 10 years are going to have horrific, debilitating, severe side effects from this shot that they're admitting these numbers on the Eurovigilance. And yet. We're all supposed to sit back and say, yeah, man, totally safe and effective. Oh, but wait, there's more. The shot doesn't really protect you. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. It doesn't stop you from transmitting it. And by all means, it doesn't last at all. You've got to continually get the shot every three to four to five months, updated, 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 updated. So you keep reprogramming you every single year, multiple times a year in order to be effective. But yeah, totally safe and effective. It's interesting because the vaccine industry is one that's actually unlike any other. The vaccine industry has several unique characteristics that no other industry in the entire world has. First, they are one of the only medical products that are not prescribed to treat a disease up until now, which is interesting because the COVID-19 shot was supposed to be something to prevent you from catching a virus. That's the whole point of a immunization. This now has become a shot to help reduce your symptoms when you contract the virus, so to speak, is what they say. However, unlike insurance policies and other insurance companies, they bases, they they have to pay out claims to their clients once conditions have been insured against happening. The pharmaceutical industry pays no claims if the product does not prevent the disease or if you die from it or if you contract it or if you get debilitatingly sick from it. Doesn't do anything. They say, oh, whoops, sorry. That means you need to get another booster shot. It didn't work properly yet. Think about that for a second. If you insure something, I'm getting an insurance, which is allegedly what an immunization is, right? You're getting insurance to be protected against something. That's what they tell you. But if it doesn't work, they don't cover you still. They don't say, whoops, sorry, here's a refund. Oh, by the way, we're covering all your expenses and cutting you a check back for $50,000. Let's do that. It's, oh, whoops, sorry, our bad. You just need to get another shot. That's the part about this, this universal repeat vaccination that – it, for everyone has to be the goal for the be, from the vaccine pushers. Everybody has to get the shot all the time. There is no actual basis of it working. There is no basis of it being safe. There is no basis of it being protected. It's just everybody needs to get it all the time because we said you need to get it. And there's no guarantee about anything. 
That's nothing, and there's no other industry that gives you such little ROI. There's no return on your investment here. Only significant amount of basically volatility and horrific side effects if it goes sideways with zero true protection about anything. Yet, they're telling you in California or in Canada that you have to have it. No option. Pretty much there's no, no way around it. Other countries doing the same thing now. Oh, you're not going to be able to travel again unless you get it. My friends, everybody is being played for fools, and it's time we all have open discussions on this and realize what is actually happening from a medical standpoint and how this lie has gotten so big now. They aren't going to stop telling the lie because if at any point they actually come out and admit, which they've already admitted in their papers that the FDA had to release with Pfizer from the federal judge. They've already admitted that the shot doesn't work at a 12% effective rate up for like a week, week and a half, last, I think, 12 days. And then your immunity dropped to the floor and actually went below baseline what it was before you had the shot. They, their own documentation showed this. Yet nobody wants to have an open discussion on it. This needs to be brought up everywhere because if this continues to ensue, you see now, you're seeing it. Tons of people are coming down with RSV. They're having constant chronic coughs. They're having constant health problems, having constant issues with lung infections repeatedly over and over and over again. I'm hearing it all over the place. All these kids now that are getting these shots are having constant issues with their lungs on a regular basis, and yet it's somehow supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be just regular occurrence. Oh, by the way, you didn't get your updated booster shot. That's why you've got a cough now. You need to get your booster shot. This entire thing is turning into one of the, if not the biggest scams ever perpetrated on the population of the world. And it's our responsibility to get the truth out there the best we possibly can. What do you think, then? Well, what it's turned into is eugenics and genocide. That's that's what it's for. That's what it's that's that's all it was ever designed for. You know, the, the COVID, like I said, it had a very low death rate unless you're over seventy and obese and uh, comorbidities. I mean, it's just it, this thing was the, the shot was the bioweapon. It, it wasn't the, it wasn't the COVID as far as the true one they wanted to get into the people because they had to inoculate you know the whole population of the planet because that's their main goal from the. Economic forum and all the rest of these whack bags. All, all they care about is reducing the population population of the planet. Now, my, mind you, you know we're getting an extra hundred million people on the planet every year. It's a lot of people, and, and that needed to get stopped. But it wasn't coming from primary primary countries, first world countries. It was coming from third world countries such as Africa and India and the areas in the rural areas where they have all these children and in parts of China, which they really started with that one child policy years ago. And they were able to stop it. But you know, teaching people proper contraception, et cetera, et cetera, and you know, vasectomies. Of course, I don't agree with because of problems associated with the prostate. But vasectomies in areas that they don't have a choice with that, or how to use protection. It just that would have been a lot easier. But I think they've tried a lot of that. They couldn't get it done. And they started realizing that the quickest way, Bill Gates said it, he could drop the population by 10% by just using vaccines. I mean, he said it, it's words on his own mouth. And so the problem is, is they didn't just inoculate, you know, four or 500,000 people. They, they did like three to five billion people right now. In fact, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting article, interesting interview that came up the other day. I'm going to read you part of it. It was with Dr. David Martin. And he said, quote, the fact is that we have turned 3 billion people into a bioweapons factory. It means we're going to have mRNA. We are not having DNA modifications that are not only going to impact this generation, but will impact generations to come. There's no question about that. Quote, and everybody who wants to hide behind the CDC's nonsense that there's no way that the mRNA could rewrite into the DNA, you'll have to go back and look at the 10-year National Science Foundation's grant that gave rise to the company that we now know as Moderna. 
because the entire existential reason for that company was to get mRNA to write into DNA. That's why they built the company. Quote, so anybody who wants to sit back and pretend like this is some sort of innocuous thing and it clears out and doesn't have any long-term effects is absolutely ludicrous. And it's denying. Are you ready for this? The scientific evidence. So follow the science gets you to where I just said. So now, quote, unquote. Now, if we start with the number three billion and we look at the, start looking at what were these problematic lots and batches, which is the way I've looked at it. It's a thing from the beginning of how the world and the world, because I look at the world is through the lens of a risk management and risk transfer. Most people don't know that my corporation is involved in risk management. We happen to do financial risk management, but we are very intimately involved in the broader sector that we think is the actuarial sciences that gives rise to insurance. And so, quote, what I've been doing is I've been looking at the number three billion. Now, remember, he's using three billion. It's actually five billion people, according to these guys that have been injected. And when we're looking at the number of lots that were associated with extremely high adverse events, as you know, there's been a lot of conversation about there's a certain degree of batches that had high degrees of problematic adverse events and certain batches that seem to have no effect at all. If you look at the number of problematic batches, you're talking about 7 to 15 percent, somewhere in that range of all batches are the ones that had extremely severe adverse events. So now what we're talking about is when you're taking on the best case, and I want you to hear the words, I just said it's the best case scenario. We're talking about a permanent death and disability of over 300 million people on the planet. This is the best case. That is the entire population of the United States distributed across the world. That is a number we are talking about, and that's the best case. Let's put it in context. We think about what that means. We're at an age we understand the challenges of aging parents and friends with aging parents, the amount of care that is required to deal with people who are suffering with long-term effects of stroke and disability and paralysis of neurological degenerative problems such as Alzheimer's and all types of neurological disorders. What we know is that this 300 million people takes out another 300 or more million people because of these people will not be able to be part of the contributing economy. They're not going to be able to be doing things that we have historically done because they will be, in fact, involved in the near 24-7 care of the individuals who are actually in that other 300 million. So we're talking about 600 million people incapacitated. And then we look at the things like the CMS mandate, which you know he litigated in the Federal Court of Utah, making the argument that it was illegal Federal Trade Commission violation to call these things vaccinations because they're not. They're gene therapies. And that's how they were characterized by the FDA and by the CDC prior to April the 20th, 2020. The fact of the matter is we are living in a world where we know that the caregivers who are the ones trained to deal with this are the most among the ones who are most likely to suffer from the casualty effects. So now we have another problem. I don't know how, how often you've heard of the privilege of cleaning someone else's bedpan or helping someone get into a toilet when they're disabled because I can tell you for all the people that are sitting here going, well, somebody else is going to have to do that. Well, the answer is somebody else is probably going to be you, and that's what I'm talking about, about the challenge, and I think this, many more of us are going to have to become head-to-head with this. Are you capable of caring for someone who yelled at you? Listen to this. This is very, this is very, this is a very, this is a very direct question. I read this last night. I thought, okay, here's the question. Are you capable of caring for someone who yelled at you to put your mask on? Are you capable of caring for somebody who refused to let you come to a family reunion? Are you capable of caring for someone who refused to let you see your children or grandchildren because you didn't take the kill shot? Are you willing to love the person who actually made your life during the last two or three years a living hell? That's a pretty strong question, guys. We think about that for a second. And remember, the three billion that we have mRNA floating around in us, this horrible idea of called CRISPR, which is the gene editing technology that initiated during the pandemic so that nobody paid attention to even worse problem being introduced in the world. For those of you who are not familiar, repeat splicing of genes, which is when you take little segments of genes and cut them into little pieces of the genome, the 
idea is that we're not going to have any other side effects associated with these things. But guys, listen to me. We don't know what the heck's going to happen with this crap. I know so many people whose immune systems are completely and totally compromised. Right now, I've got a friend of mine who's a pastor. His wife took the shots. Now she has long COVID, and she is in her 40s, and she is sick all the time. She literally has a hard time getting out of bed. She has a hard time basically going to the grocery store. She has a hard time doing anything from a wifely standpoint as far as the duties associated with her husband. And it's stressing out her husband unbelievably bad because he doesn't know what to do because she's so sick. He also took the shot, but he may have got a different batch, and he hasn't having these side effects. So ask yourself that question again. How much of a Christian standpoint do we have to have in order to take care of the very people that screamed and yelled at us? I told you I had a friend of mine from college. And she was told that she could not see your grandbabies. And I've heard this so many times. You cannot see our grandchildren if you do not take the shot. You cannot come to the family reunions if you do not take the shot. I remember last year I was at you know, a hotel in Sarasota, and we were out there basically listening to the music from a wedding that was being done at the hotel. And we talked to one of the people attending the hotels with the wedding event, and they told me that this was an event only for people that had been vaccinated, and anybody who had not been vaccinated was not allowed to come to the wedding. So – how many people are you going to take care of who said they can't come to the wedding? How many people are you going to take care of who basically treated you like a, basically a, a leper because you wouldn't take the shot? It's just, this, this, these are questions that we ask on the Ted and Austin Brower show. I mean, who in the hell wants to talk about this stuff? I don't want to talk about this stuff, but we got to ask these stuff because these questions. And, th- and this is why I always say to you guys, the most important thing is to serve God and obey his commandments because that is the sole duty of man. And when you know something ain't right, just don't do it. You know something ain't right. Don't get involved in it. You know something ain't right. Just back off of it and say, no, I'm trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. Without Jesus allowing us to come directly into the throne of God and reattaching us to God through a blood covenant he created through scalar energy, if you want to use a physics term of that, we are all hosed over, completely done. But that's why Jesus said it's over. He said he, he, he allowed us to come to God again. So that's the most important thing, guys, isn't it? This planet is not going to get better. Newsflash. Now, we can slow this mess down. We can. But telling people to listen to shows like this or shows that you love or whatever, they're telling the truth. But the reality is if we do not stand firm in what we believe and do we not stand firm in the word of God and we do not realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and we, can, we, have, and we have to realize that this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. We will be glad at it. And I can do all things through Christ. If we do not do that, we're going to get caught up in this negative you know, fear mess. Don't do that. Fear kills your spirit. Don't do that. Remember, the most high God is still in control. And no matter what happens, you get to go directly to heaven. You don't have to pass go. You don't have to collect $200. You go directly to heaven. You go directly to God Almighty as soon as you leave this planet. And then we have the real world and the real experiences of what we're going to have in heaven for, the, for all of eternity. So no matter what happens, we have victory in Christ. Always remember that. Always keep your keep your keep your shoulders back and your head up and realize you're a child of the Most High God and He loves you. And if God's for you, He plus one is God plus anything's always a majority. It doesn't matter if you're the only person you feel that way in your whole family. It's you and God. You're the majority. And never submit to the will of the masses when it's against the will of God. I'm gonna say that again. Never submit to the will of the masses when it's against the will of God. Always stand firm in your faith. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. That was a really excellent quote. Never submit to the majority of the masses when it's against the will of God. That's a really, really strong statement because, you know, as we've watched now, you know, the, the God is the same today, yesterday, forever, has not changed. The Bible is not changed. <laughs> His 
preferences, his statements, his requirements have not changed. They've always been very, very written in stone, strong. And so what's interesting is what you're seeing now, and this is very accurate, you're seeing that a lot of the masses are now demanding that people continue to change their outlook, their mindset, their behavior, their thoughts based on what they want them to focus on even though they do not go along with what God Almighty says in the Bible. So then you got to start asking yourself a question. Are you going to submit to what everybody else wants you to do because they said you need to do it? Or are you going to stay first, stand firm in your convictions? And that's what I've told you guys from the very beginning. This entire thing with COVID all the way back from the end of 2019 really was strange. And I told people from the very start, I said, do not comply because you're told to do so. Comply because you think it is the best option. You think is a it is an informed consent decision that you have researched and you're doing it because you've decided you want to do it. That's very, very important, my friends. Always make a decision because it's something you need to do. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote what you want to see win product of the week and the cyber 10 coupon on sale for today only on all products that are not on sale or three packs or any kits cyber 10 10 off be sure to check it on the website healthmasters.com and vote for what you want to see win right now for product of the week coming up this wednesday i appreciate you guys i love you guys have a blessed safe awesome night and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always